Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for February 27th, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 378. My name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com, and uh, today I have arranged for Sonny Harris and Michael Filiera to join us again, and the option professor is back to moderate, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Okay, great, and uh, we got a lot to talk about here today because obviously the markets have uh, quite a bit changed in the last couple of weeks, so we're going to talk about that very much. But today we have uh, two guests with us, and before we get into everything, let's introduce ourselves. So, Sonny Harris, a little background on yourself and what's going on at Money Mentor. Thank you very much. I'm uh, Sonny Harris. I'm a mathematician, programmer, and trader for 42 years. I love to do mentoring and tutoring and consulting, one-on-one coaching. I'm also a custom uh, easy language programmer if you have something you need built in TradeStation. Uh, and I love to do testing, so programming strategies and testing them to see if they work. I'm author of seven best-selling trading books. Well, one of them's not a trading book, but six of them are. I do Sunny Side of the Street newsletter every Sunday night. I have a live trading room on Tuesday mornings. And we've done a number of live forum, free forums on technical analysis and easy language and strategy testing. I love to teach people how to trade. Thank you, Jim. Excellent. And also, um, as I said in my invitation that I sent out today, we're going to get into your uh, Sunny Bands and also, oh, good. And, and also the attractors and things like that, which Excellent. I think, you know, are very unique to yourself, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Michael, a little background on yourself and uh, and what's going on at your company. Oh, good morning. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Michael Filigera. I am the proprietor owner of TradersHelpingTraders.com and also LogicalSignals.com. Um, I have a trade room, which I am revamping, so to speak. And um, I'm, I'm now working together again with my first Elliott Wave teacher, and that his name is Dan Ascani. He and I have done a lot of publishing together and a lot of other things uh, together. And now we're joining forces yet again. And so we're going to be doing the trade room together. And that's going to bring a whole new layer to what we do with terms to day trading. Um, I also uh, have two channels on YouTube. Uh, where I produce the Eye of the Storm podcast and then also daily Elliott Wave updates. And those updates include uh, the NASDAQ and the S&P futures. And then once a week, I go over the big picture, which again goes to the cash markets, the treasuries, gold and silver, and the dollar. Okay. Oh, I also do coaching and other sundry things. Yeah. We are also going to hear from you on the Fibonacci numbers and the Elliott Wave sequences. So that's another thing that uh, we were talking about uh, that we we're going to bring to the table here today. So that's great stuff. Let's start out with uh, our Monday morning uh, quarterbacking, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we started today at a 4010 ballpark figure on the S&P 500, 4010. And the question is always, what are we going to end up on Friday? So are we going to be higher than 4010? lower than 4010 or um or somewhere you know just around flat so we'll start with sunny um your um, your opinion on where we're going and uh, your confidence level well i think we're going down into the 3900s i'm hmm, more than 50% but not more than 60% on that one right the preponderance of the evidence but not overwhelming <laughs> right gotcha okay uh, michael uh, what are you seeing as far as up down or sideways here 
Uh, if you would have asked me first thing this morning, I would have told you likely up, but I think that it may have already completed itself. Uh, I was looking for a bounce. I think we already got it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am going to join Sonny in saying lower. Okay. My confidence level on that. Yep. Um, because the markets are so crazy, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say 65%. Okay. So you feel a little bit uh, confident that we're going to roll over. Um, Sonny, Sonny um, I know a lot of the stuff you look at are technical. So why don't we throw up your Sunny bands and you can explain your reasoning on why you think the market might roll over from here and also give a little brief background on what the heck Sunny bands are all about. That kind of okay, thing. Nope. Yep. You see it? Yep. We see it. All right. So the green lines on the outside form a channel, and those are sunny bands. The blue lines to the inside of that, that's the, the, the green lines are the outer bands, outer upper and outer lower. Uh, the blue lines are the inner bands. This is upper inner, lower inner. And the gold and purple lines in the center are my dynamic moving average. And I created that many years ago to avoid whipsaw. And you can see, right, for instance, right in through here, this thing doesn't whipsaw. It just, it stays in position and waits when there's sideways movement. And that's what that's for. And what I, what I do is I trade up to the top band, back down to the bottom band, up to the top down, back down to the bottom band again. Mm -hmm. And this is why I think the S&P is going lower. I think it's going to head down a little lower for this bottom band. You can see that. Right here, the bands, the uh, dynamic moving average is trying to cross. It's still gold on top, but it's trying to cross. And you can see that echoed in the histogram below. It's working its way down below zero. And below zero is definitely into the cell zone, huh? Yeah, below zero is in the cell zone. Now, Actually, this uh, time frame here is um, a relatively is short. What is it? Daily. Oh, it's a daily. Okay, so it goes back quite a bit of ways. Mm -hmm. And um, and so uh, if you were trading like, uh, you know, sometimes you talk about day trading, would mm. you use a different chart uh, to give you oh, the yeah. idea? So why don't we oh, talk yeah. about something like that? Because, you okay. know, some people do me, like to. Can I real quick show you that right there is the sunny band cell signal. Can you see this yellow dot and that yep. where the cursor is? That's the sunny band cell signal. So you see how successful that was. Yeah. Let's. What yeah, the I, reason I'm the reason I'm saying let's go to the short time frame because uh, the uh, explosion of volume and options that are either zero days to expiration to one day to expiration indicates to me that there's a whole lot of people out there uh, uh, speculating on a on a very short term basis. So yeah. what, what are you showing on the uh, yeah the short on the five minute? Here's what we have. Mm -hmm. So it looks like on the five minute for the next few minutes it's going to try to go up to this inner band. I got you. I don't know what's going to happen after that. I mean, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. I've got a little magnifying glass, but I don't have a crystal ball. Right, but it looks so, like there is a little bit on the day anyway, a little bit of momentum that hasn't a broken bit of range right up. And and see, yeah. here's where the buy signal came in, where this green purple turns to green on the histogram. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Signal, and yeah. it was confirmed right there. So mm -hmm. we have to sit tight through this little recheck over here, and it's still a bicycle. So if somebody was watching this, uh, they might have, you know, got into this thing around the 3990 uh, area. And then basically, um, you know, they may want to uh, ditch this thing if it gets under the gold, which is around 390.96. Mm-hmm. And you can see the last tick right there just started up a little bit more. Yeah. And then basically, uh, if they're, if you're looking for some resistance, uh, 4,000 to 4,004 would be a couple of levels where it could have some resistance. We've got resistance right here and right here. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how you kind of take this information and turn it into some activity, right? Right. 
I got you. And right there's the cell signal. You see this blue, yeah. blue bars going up. There's a yellow dot. There's the cell signal right there yeah. confirmed on this bar. So this is the one day. Oh, I don't even know if we have one day there. Let's quick add the study. They'll tell me. In other words, or is this just uh, for the last couple of hours? Well, I don't I don't even know yet. Well, not California, California Pacific to, to now. Okay. The blue and red bars are, are the opening of today. Okay. So right there is the open of today. 6.30 a.m. Pacific. Okay. So that gives you your starting point. And then basically you get the rollover at around 40.20. And then you get a little bit of a buy point around, you know, I mean, if I'm looking at this just as a, uh, you know, a novice, it looks to me like, uh, you know, a reasonable sell area around 40.20 ballpark. And mm -hmm. then basically a reasonable buy area around 39.90, let's call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there you go. You got 30 points right there. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with 30 points. Yeah, and, well, and we've got, uh, what's this, 04 to 20. So mm -hmm. we got 16 points here, and then we got 30 points there, and now we're long again. I got you. And people who contact you, uh, you know, you can uh, help them, uh, you know, put this into their research every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I said, that's, a, that's a, to me, that's, a, shall we say, a, a real um you know a usage of this information and of course you know there are times where it gets choppy i guess and oh, yeah. yeah so it doesn't work as well unless you get well, it it's, in, yeah. it's not all wins there are losses that's inevitable in trading yeah 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 like today would you call today this uh, activity we're seeing here um uh, rather orderly or or you know well that this looks like a typical day i mean okay Tuesdays are usually the worst. They get kind of choppy, but this, you know, this is a nice up and a nice down. And then we're going up again here. Yeah. So that's, that's beautiful day. Yeah. There's usually three to five trades a day in the in swings in this S and P. I got you. Okay. So and this, uh, yeah. Three. I got you. All right. So this is a, like a, a real world uh, kind of look at it and it does look back. So obviously when you're, when you're trying to make a decision on something at 40, 20, you don't have the, uh, shall we say the advantage of seeing the rest of the chart, how it panned out. So, <laughs> no, you and, don't. And when you're getting a signal down at 39.90, you're not privy to uh, the remainder of the chart that happens. Afterwards. No, absolutely not. Just like right now, we don't know what's going to happen before the end of our talk here today. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see, but right now it does look like obviously there is a little bit of momentum to the upside. So, mm -hmm. um, and but, you notice uh, I don't have volume on this chart anywhere, so I don't know who's trading. Now, the what thing is, is after you do get the signal at 4020 ballpark figure, because uh, I like to see these lines pointing down before I believe them. I like mm -hmm. these lines pointing up before I believe them. So mm -hmm. that's why, you know, I would, you know, this is just my personal opinion. Uh, I would, uh, I would be more interested at 4020. So then you get the line starting to go down, which will give me confidence that I might be into something good. Mm -hmm. And then once it starts really getting above the uh, green, uh, you know, since you have a profit there, uh even if it's a false little buy you know grabbing a profit's not going to kill anybody nope you never go broke taking profits right so in this particular instance even though you don't see the rest of the chart once it starts violating uh you know or supporting and you start seeing these green things either stabilizing or turning up you know that might be enough for somebody to say uh you know uh take the money and run yeah, the, you know, I'm told I have ice water in my veins. I wouldn't take it at that point. Purple's on top. We're moving down. It violates this, but it doesn't violate the dynamic moving average. So I'm still in there at that point. 
I got you. So you, uh, um, you know, and everyone's got their own personal opinion and their own way of looking at data and interpreting it and then doing what they feel comfortable. That's the whole beauty of uh, individual yes. trading. Uh, yeah. But in, in your opinion, you if you were on a sell position at 4020, your uh, your first uh, cover idea would be more like thirty nine ninety five or thirty or four thousand when it actually uh, uh, took these purples and gold and turned them up. Yeah, right. Right in here is where I would have bought in, bought back in. Okay. Oh, so when the blue bar hits, that's kind of a, a thing that something's turning as well, right? Yeah, that tells me. I and, got you. And the green histogram on the bottom. Okay. It's yeah. Like I say, I don't know how many people understand what you're doing here, and uh, I'm just acting as if uh, I'm the guy who fell off a boat, which is who I am right now. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. so basically now I'm you know I'm getting into your head, as they say. Yeah. And uh, basically you're saying, so if you got onto a sell thing, you'd want it to get above the green line. You'd probably like to see a blue bar, and then you'd like mm -hmm. to see your, um, your bottom area uh, hit a and green line. Exactly. And that would be three darn good reasons to take the money and run. Yep. And look where and whether you're wrong or not. And you, and then basically you go to the sideline and you kind of uh, assess how the thing's going to trade. Mm -hmm. Maybe you give it a half an hour and you start seeing the blue followed by another blue. And you start saying, you know, this thing at 39.91, 39.93 is starting to look like a turn. So if you want to stick your uh, head in the oven again here. you know, and Look you, right here. What's happening? While we talk, yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. as I was, as as I was, that's why I said it did look like it might go to those attractors. Then that's what the attractors are. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, people uh, who hear you say the word attractor, you're saying these bands are uh, what you believe to be uh, somewhat of an attractor, and you're seeing some evidence of that now. And I draw horizontal lines and call them attractors and trend lines. And look mm -hmm. at this one. See here, it hits price here, hits price over here tries it again over here and stumbles, tries it again over here and breaks through it. That's an attractor. It's attracting price to it over and over and over again. Yeah. Here's and another. the fact, okay, here's a, a question for you. Um, this The uh, data on the bottom you call what? Histogram. Histogram, okay. Now mm -hmm. I can see the histogram lines are getting uh, different shapes. Shorter. So if, if, they, if they get shorter, does that mean, uh, is it a little bit like relative strength of the, the market's running out of steam? No, this means it's going to cross over the zero line and go on up higher. Oh, I got you. So the shorter the bars get, the closer you are to actually getting into positive territory. Exactly. And if you get into positive territory, that's a that's a more uh, confirming idea that the market's rising. We're going on up. Okay. Yeah. And and uh, and again, uh, um, as I'm looking at it, uh, for between four thirty and seven thirty. The fact that it's above the zero line means that it's a generally positive market. And it was, mm -hmm. correct? Right in through here, that's positive. And then, okay, so you got a couple of things to interpret here. You got the green versus uh, uh, purple. the purple. And, mm -hmm. uh, and again, what's the difference between the green and the purple again? Okay, purple says that the purple line of the DMA is on top. Green says it's changing to buy direction. So it's still purple on top, but now it's looking at trying to buy. Okay, so purple on top of green means that uh, uh, the trend is kind of down. Yeah. And the green getting back above purple is telling you there could be a sea change. Well, it's going to, yeah, if that goes above the zero line, it's going to turn gold. Okay. Now, and the thing is, is I see one purple bar in there. Is that just an anomaly or something? Yeah. yeah. They, well, it's, it's clearly saying that the market's moving down on that bar. 
Yeah. But it turns and, out- Oh, I got you. So it, it gave you that bar because it made a little bit of a new low or whatever it did mm-hmm. there. And exactly. so, uh, exactly. but then that was reversed so quickly that boom, you went right back into the green bars. Correct. I got you. So you there got- is a lot of data here, uh, but you're trying, yeah, you're trying to, what do you call it? What you're trying to do is uh, uh, interpret the whole situation um, and, and you're using the data, you know, to make a final decision. Um, and so you, you wouldn't just look at one thing only, you no. would, uh, you'd use it as a, a soup and a soup with a, a number of ingredients. And then once the ingredients all seem to be coinciding a bit, uh, maybe then you have a more higher confidence level of what it's saying. Yep. I do like soup. Yeah. Well, no, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, like I say, uh, there's not that many things to consider here. No, but that's really where not. that's where people calling you up and having a session with you would make sense because you know a guy who's just off the boat looking at this thing you know um, there's it looks like there's so many things to consider but in reality there's not that many. Well, and I give free trials. I had a guy call me asking when my latest book was going to be published, mm-hmm. and it wasn't ready yet. So I told him it's not ready yet. But would you like a free trial of Sunny Bands? He said, No, that stuff's so complex I can't use it. Yeah, said, well, and I, me, I, I don't think it's that complex at all. Once no, it's you, not. You, yeah, once I, you I slow said, let the me music you a, down, yeah, slow the music down and right. relax, take a deep breath and relax. And, and I just, said, let me yeah. let me give you a free trial and I'll walk you through it. So I walked him through it. And then before the seven day trial was up, he'd made $11,000 on Sunny Band. Oh, great. So he decided great. he liked it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see uh, there is a possibility of catching some nice trends here. And like you say, in full fairness, it's not going to work on every time. But, you know, if you if you do risk management, which is what the whole investing game is all about, uh, and you let these winners ride, uh, you know, you might be able to, you know, obviously be fortunate enough to get a nice trend. Yeah. And well, obviously, the hope is to win more than you lose. Yeah. And hopefully you'll get it. Like, in other words, this is a fairly orderly up and down. Sometimes it's not orderly. That's obviously where you're going to get chopped up a little bit. Happens with every system. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, sizing of your trading, obviously very important. And of course, uh, exit strategies uh, are very important. And, you know, sizing and exit strategy probably are uh, two of the biggest factors on uh, on trading. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of a lot of like somebody might get excited with this and go, oh, what a great sell signal there. Uh, it looks like a for sure. I think I'll do five times the normal size. Mm, yeah, and then no. the ne- and the next thing you is you get whacked and your account goes mm-hmm. way down. And then the next thing you say, mm-hmm. sunny bands doesn't work. Well, you know, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work if you're crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we can't. Uh, she goes. We, we can't. We, we're not psychiatrists down here. If you have, uh, you know, if you have certain things going wrong there, uh, you know, it's going to be a problem. So, yeah, I think if you concentrate on sizing and discipline, and then uh, you uh, can stick with it for a longer period of time, uh, there's probably you got some evidence that it, it can be uh, a reasonable tool, huh? Yes, I've been using it for twenty six. No. 36. And you're still in California is paying uh, five bucks a gallon for gas. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Paying California taxes. You haven't had to move to a condo in, a, in Idaho in the woods. You haven't had to do right. that. Yet. No, so no, no, no. I'm staying in California. I love California despite our faults. All right. Well, we're going to get into other markets here pretty soon, but we're going to turn the stage over to Michael. He's going to put his stuff up there and kind of explain how he's seeing the markets and maybe help us with some um, Elliott Wave information and Fibonacci numbers and and things like that uh, on the S&P. So, Michael, can you share your uh, stuff? There you go. It's on there. 
All right. So, Michael, um, uh, your uh, your time here. Let's uh, explain where you think this S&P is going and why it's done what it's done and things like that. Um, well, I'll jump up to the daily chart. Actually, I don't even I don't need to. I can just go to my four hour chart and you can see that. Well, let me start one one higher. If you go, if you could go uh, show what the one year is looking like, and then we could condense it into that short term day trading crowd. Let me go to that three week. Uh, the, the weekly. So there was the all-time high in the S&P, and that was in, on January the 3rd, 2022. And from that peak, the market has been involved, the S&P, along with all the markets, have been involved in a long-term corrective process. How it all fit in on an Elliott Wave basis has switched around a little bit because we're we're hanging out for very long periods of time in in one area, like right in here. You know, months on end, we're right in here. So in, on an Elliott Wave basis, what, what we're now doing is a double ABC to form the initial primary degree A wave down. So within that, here's the first ABC. There's the X wave. That's the intervening move. And that was actually from, that took us up to the August highs. Then we can start down again in an A. We just completed a B. I'm going to drop this back down to that daily. And that B wave actually ended in a failure. And what I mean by that is this high, which was at the beginning of February uh, for the S&P was 41. Uh, yeah, what was that? 41, 4208. And then so the expectation was on this high, which was 4180 or 4186. The expectation was that as a fifth wave, it would go over and top that and then start to come down. Um, but it didn't, and it ended in a failure. Now I'll go back down to the four-hour chart, and we can see it even more cleanly. So off of that, because of the failure, we dropped quicker. But to get confirmation of that now on an Elliott Wave basis, what I look for is an initial five waves down on my four-hour or one-hour chart. I'm going to drop it down one more, so now we can look at this interior. So this is what kind of happened. Now, the market held on to this thought that, you know, the Fed's going to pivot and everything's going to be rosy and, and interest rates are actually going to start, they're going to start uh, not raising at the same rate, et cetera, et cetera. So last time we got that uh, 0.25 or 25 basis point hike, and that just everybody got everybody excited. But at the same time, the Fed was basically saying, uh, please don't get so uh, euphoric about these rallies over here in the equity market. And governor after governor was basically saying the same thing. Occasionally we got one who was a little bit more dovish rather than hawkish, et cetera, et cetera. But the underlying message was truly being ignored by the equity markets at their own peril, I might add. And so when we finally got the PCE data from last Friday, which instead of showing any improvement, showed that inflation was stubbornly high and had gone back up six-tenths of a percent, that just kicked it right into gear to kind of come down and finish this initial five waves down. Now, being that I'm in a larger decline, I am expecting that the market will ultimately finish this C wave, which is on an intermediate degree, downwards. Uh, it's going to be like 3,000. And so I, I took off all of my larger downside fibs because I'm working inside this wave and I, you know, you get too many lines, it gets confusing. But safe to say that now that we finished minor wave down, minor wave one down, we're in a minor wave second wave. 
So then that's when I turn over to Fibonacci and I start to look at what the relationships are in terms of the retracement. And that's what these are. These are representing Fibonacci retracements. And the most common retracement for a second wave is 50% to 62%. So that brings us back up to here. But now I add into that that the current atmosphere is, is starting to switch around. And that's courtesy of our treasury market, which have now also kind of taken it a little bit more seriously as the uh, curve continues to get more inverted. And what that is suggesting or what that means is that the short end of the curve is moving faster and rates are raising higher, are going quicker than at the long end of the curve. And that presents a problem for you know the 30-year bond because they're trying to price this thing. They're trying to find where can we price this because it is a 30-year bond. And so we're seeing a lot of volatility in that 30-year bond as a consequence. Now, back to the S&P, we may have completed this minor two because all I'm looking for is what we label as an ABC. And while it's not totally visible, I can I can make it out a little bit. And that this was definitely like an up and a down, so an A and a B, or this was A, B, and this then could be the C wave. Now, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that it's likely not complete and that we still have an up leg to do. But this could be A, and then we get a B wave down, and then we do a C wave up. Now, is that B wave going to take between now and Friday? No, I don't have a clue. So or I, I don't have any definitive answer on that. I should, I do have a clue. So, but what I will be watching for is to see it come down, hold. And again, I can put some additional fibs if I'm just looking for a B wave. I'm just going to put it right there. And here you're, it's now coming back to say, well, this decline has held a 50% retracement. So that's from Friday's lows to this morning's highs. It has already retraced back 50%. So coming down to 62% seals the deal in terms of, wow, we should have completed an internal B wave, and then we're going to do five waves up. So again, if they can get that done, let's say by Wednesday, then wherever this thing ends up, I'm expecting it to come back down. And then I would say lower. That's why I say lower than 40.10. But to be more definitive about it, you really can't because of the way the market is really trading and moving around. And a lot of that goes to exactly what you started with, Jim. And I said, how appropriate to bring that into the conversation, because it's something I think people really need to understand. And that's those zero DTE options. And what you mentioned was incredibly accurate, that how the the volume, in fact, I think it was last Thursday or Friday, 42% of all the options volume was in DTE options. Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons for that is uh, obviously with interest rates being where they are, people are putting their money and in earning interest and they're taking that interest money and gambling with it. That's number one. Number yeah. two is, number two is, is let's be honest. I mean, if you wanted to speculate on a short term basis and you go in there and you do contracts, this thing could gap on you and you would have all types of risk. So if you're doing a zero or one day type trading, it makes some sense that people would use the option. Yes, your break evens are going to be lousier, but you're not. You're going to know what you're betting, and you're going to know what you're betting if you're buying the option. You're going to know what you're betting to the penny, and you can't say that. I mean, you could buy a you could buy a contract here, and especially if you wanted to do a zero plus one day, because then you have overnight risk. Right, and exactly so the bottom line is, there's a good right. reason why the, the volume is uh, screaming in these things. Uh, is because, again, uh, the risk is limited. 
uh, versus uh, the surprise where you'd lose all kinds of money. And secondly, right. there's extra capital to gamble with because the interest income on their on their accounts is so much higher than it ever has been. So uh, those yeah. are the two those are the two reasons behind it. Anyway, you were you were I agree saying- with you on that one. And yeah. what I would add to that is that and, and besides retail, um, we have the large the large trading firms, hedge funds, everybody else, they are coming in in size and they play it down to the to the wire on where they're going to put this expiration at. And we saw that last Friday and we saw it again on Thursday. And they're both, you know, zero DTE expiration days, because if we look at it in the S&P, in the SPX and the ES, there's an expiration every single day, Monday through Friday. And so that's added a lot of different dynamics to how these indexes trade, how Elliott's actually getting counted, what it does to the actual wave patterns, et cetera. So it, it becomes a very interesting picture in, in the long run. But I will say that, again, when we just back out a little bit into a little bit larger picture, it, it, it really puts a good spin on intraday trading. And so there's a lot of opportunity there. Again, also with the zero DTE options and primarily based on exactly what you're talking about. And then when I put it into just trading the future, they they go hand in hand. So I just think there's a lot of opportunity and intraday can get squirrely as we saw on, on Sonny's chart for the Sunny bands. Um, but if you have a methodology and you know uh, basically what your turns are going to be and how to trade them, the opportunities are tremendous, are tremendous. So um, I'm real glad that you went into detail with Sonny because it's it's telling you right there. As long as you know how to read it, it was telling you much cleaner than I will say even my chart. My chart. <laughs> uh, one of me. the problem. I mean, one of the problems with the Elliott wave is obviously it's there is it's an interpretive thing, and that means you're going to have people who interpret it. Um, a whole bunch of different ways, you know, um, when you're using um, something like a sunny bands or a moving average or something, you know, you don't have to put it in front of a, a debating society sometimes. That's why I, I you know, wh what is the Fibonacci numbers, if we can switch gears, what are the Fibonacci numbers telling us as far as uh, targets are concerned? Because I always thought that's uh, very interesting. In other well, words, I, I was very similar. Well, let's just use the uh, let's just use the uh, one year. Okay, so let me go. Yes, let me. Yeah. I need to take a couple of these off, though. Because as a sim, as a simpleton, you know, I was looking at forty eight ten as the high, thirty four ninety one as the low, and so if we did break forty two hundred, I was coming up with forty three oh seven as a sixty one percent or sixty two percent throwback rally. So that was my target if you could get through forty two hundred, which it had not done. And I'll now you, I'll show you how you would come up with that. Yeah, what happens if you could. go all the way back to your B wave? Right. Exactly. And go down to your A. Right. And, and so have we already got that correction up? There we go. Yeah. There's your retracement. Just had that just now. And now so that was that was why it stopped there. That was why it stopped at 4200 and change. Yep. Right. But I got one better. I'm going to go do another one. So I'm going to take that one off because you can as you're going through this process, right? Yeah. So when we have this one and this one and I'm looking for a C wave up now I can use extensions and now I can start to zero in on it. And this is what I do. I layer, I layer my fibs as these things progress. Now you can see that, well, 4,200, which is what the, the retracements were showing me, but I'm refining it because now again, it ended in a failure. But prior to that, 
I had numbers going all the way up to 44. Well, yeah, but that, that it had to get above the 4207, which was oh, the 61.8. Yeah, I mean, so obviously if you're trading, you know, say if you wanted to turn this into a uh, switch from philosophy to action, the 4207 number uh, with a 61.8 number was definitely an area uh, to uh, do all those things like trimming, uh, selling, whatever you do, uh, buying puts, doing collars, whatever. That Absolutely. would have been the neighborhood to do it. And that also coincided with a moving average that I had, a 24 SMA on my 20-year graph, which was right on that number too. So there was yeah. obviously oh, there was a, a lot, lot of there. You're absolutely right. There yeah. was a lot surrounding yeah. between 4,200, 4,207, 4,209. Yeah. There was a tremendous cluster there. Yeah. So I agree with you. It's and then like, once you broke under 4127, 4141, that was kind yeah. of uh, an indication that um, that's it. it. It failed. Yeah. On an Elliott basis, right? Yeah. It failed because that five failed to take out the high of three. So we had a failure. That And once you can recognize that, now you get an understanding. It's like, uh-oh, everybody else is recognizing it too and going like, crap, and everybody's going to get out. And we did. We got some stronger downside. All right, so if we take the if we take the low of uh, 37.85 and the high of 42.08, what would be a 61% pullback? And maybe that's the – and also you've got the 50 and the 200-day coming in there. And so what's the number? Uh, I think it probably stopped about where it should maybe. So uh, what, where are we on the pullback? I got to hold yeah. on. I got to switch it back over to retra uh, retracement. Um, it kind of did. Yeah, 39.48. Yeah, and that's low. where the 50-day average is, I think, too, or the 200-day. Smack it right. Well, the 200 SMA is right there, smacking it right on the nose. Yeah, yeah. So there's a reason yeah. why it's bouncing. And uh, like I say, uh, when that gets taken out, if that gets taken out, uh, then that would really be a serious, serious blow to the market. But since everyone's now leaning, everyone's leaning to the downside and sunny stuff is turning up and this thing is saying uh, 39.50 could be the bounce low, low uh, you know, you, you might be careful being so negative. Well, I, but the other thing is, it's like try to remember as well, put it into the time frame of which you're trading. Mm -hmm. 3950 is holding for today and we're getting a bounce off of that but now we're already reaching uh, resistance levels so it well, could what just about well, okay what about 4208 minus your 3948 what's the bounce up 61 percent see now you're talking <laughs> well i'm a lay guy i'm a lay guy which i'm sure everyone no out but it's okay guy. you yeah. but you're you're but i know how to do i know how to do trading <laughs> you're a quick learner um so here again, we're coming back up. And now we have those additional numbers that I was talking about before. Uh -huh. 4066, 4080, 80, 4085. And then you get something on the top side at 4113. So again, as we still do these, we still get that 4,100 level coming back in. And so people say, well, can we get above 4,200? It's like, nah, I really wouldn't be looking for it right now. Um, so it, it's just trying to get an understanding of what the market is doing and what it's capa capable of doing. Is the market capable of going back above 4,200? Of course it is. But then you have to put it into what, what reality is telling you right now on what's really jumping in and controlling things. And that is, again, going back to what I call my pecking order. And what sits up at the top are interest rates. Whatever happens in interest rates rolls down and affects everything underneath it, which, mm -hmm. of course, are treasuries, currency, equities, et cetera. Everything yeah. rolls right down and goes through everything, and everything's affected because interest rates are our cost of carry and our cost of borrowing and our cost of what we receive if we're lending. Yeah. So. That's what gets, and it's all money and it's all gets priced in. 
So important. Longer, longer term, you know, the two things that are most uh, concerning to me, not concerning, I just think they're going to kill the market, is uh, the Fed funds, um, I believe, is going to have to get above the CPI number. So that means there's a whole lot more rate hikes to be done, or this inflation is going to have to tank. And anybody who lives anywhere knows that everyone's out there spending a bunch of money. So looking for inflation to tank is probably going to be a tough racket. So you got an interest rate situation that could have a lot of runway because it's got to get above the CPI. And the second thing is M2 money supply, which exploded last year or the year before, 25% higher, the biggest explosion in M2 between 2019 and 2021. And now it's negative. And it's very possible it's going to have to go as crazy negative as it did crazy positive to get back to a neutral. And if you and and asset prices, in my view, have a very difficult time staying up. If you got the Fed having to continue to hike, and if you have the money supply growth tanking, that's just not the environment where you know gold goes to three thousand, and you know uh, stocks go to forty eight hundred, and uh, your house goes up thirty five percent. It just doesn't right. seem like the environment, you know. So that's why no. you know whatever it's doing now, you know, I always tell people uh, you know uh, save for a rainy day because you know if we, if we get a slowdown in three months or six months or twelve months, it won't matter. Uh, if you if you don't have any liquidity to take advantage of it, you know. One thing I want to bring to uh, everyone's attention, but also just share with you, uh, because you are f- focusing on Fed funds, which I think is important and right in line with what we should be doing. Um, take, have you take, taken a look at the September uh, Fed fund September? Notice everybody else is up five five one hundredths of a point. Yeah, but we got August and, sept- and September lower. So the quick the quick route is that normally you 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 take par being 100 subtract 94.595 that's your rate of what they're targeting so what so essentially you're saying by the end of the summer they're looking uh, for uh, the rates to back off no they're looking for rates to continue yeah like I say, they got to get above the CPI and the CPI doesn't look like it wants to get to 4% anytime tomorrow. And so the bottom line is, is that uh, that means the Fed funds, you know, has to go into the fives. And if the inflation stays at five or six, uh, Fed funds has to go into the sixes or sevens. And, and that's right. why this market is so mispriced if, in fact, that's going to materialize. The only the only saving grace would be all of a sudden inflation goes down to 3% out of the blue. And then obviously they, they're done hiking. But there's no evidence of that now. There's definitely no evidence. But what I'm thinking, what I'm trying to say is that uh, basis August, they're they're pricing in right now five 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 5.4%. Yeah. And September, yeah. we're getting honing in on five and a half percent. And that's only if 6.5 CPI goes into the fours. And like I say, I mean, I live in a um, in a travel and leisure city here and uh, everything's packed and everybody's going nuts. And uh, my buddy who yeah. lives over in uh, in New, New Jersey, New York, everything's packed. And the guys in California, you know, sunny, you know, uh, those highways are jammed with people going and doing something. And it has to do with spending money, probably. Right. Yeah. So, sure. uh, you know, yeah, th- these, these guys, they're, they're shopping, you know, you know yeah. actually, it's, it's really silly to think that you can increase the money supply between 2019 and 2021 up 25%, which is like five times higher or three times higher than it ever was. And then think you're going to normalize this thing uh, with some interest rate hikes and, and just bringing the money supply down towards zero. I mean, it just seems right. to me that, it, uh, you know, cause the amount of money they circulated, uh, it just doesn't go away overnight. 
No, they, it definitely doesn't. But I think that there's a couple of ways. One of them is, of course, they, they just try to get it off the balance sheet by buying it back. And But the other thing is that they can debase the currency. And that if we go into a period of deflation or a recession, mm -hmm. well, that the other, debasing the currency is going to take care of that part. Mm -hmm. Because what we're, that's what we'll see happen. Inflation, yeah. we'll see the dollar climb. Deflation that would be a very sad state of affairs if they have to. It, uh, yes, I just, it would be yeah. very. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> then again, it was a, just a sad state of affairs for them to continually pump in trillions of dollars into the money system. Well, it was an overreaction to the COVID crisis, is what it was. You know, you know, they, they saw a crisis. I mean, you know, they, you know, they see a crisis and they just went nuts on uh, printing money and making money available and sticking checks in people's uh, uh, mailboxes you know, thinking that the whole thing was going to collapse. So it was an overreaction to the COVID crisis. That's true. You know? it was. One, other th one other one I wanted to show you, Jim, was that we're just, if we're looking for a C wave down, I want to give you the initial uh, projections that I have, and I'm going to take it from the failure level because that would be proper. Um, if this C wave were to be equal to that A wave, which is its closest relationship, we're looking at 3361. Where I have stronger support, though, is right here, 3045 down to 2980. And that 28, 2980 number is a FIB number that connects the 1932 low to the 2022 high. And that would be a 38.2% retracement of a 90-year rally. Mm. Yeah, and that comes in at 2980, by the way. Yeah. Well, so, it also comes as simple math. You know, if the uh, S&P earns uh, $2 a share, and it goes down to uh, 15 PE or 16 PT, uh, PE, you're in that 3000 range. So people, you know, they always wonder, well, how would it ever get there? Real simple. <laughs> earnings <laughs> earnings real drop, simple. <laughs> real simple. Earnings drop and your PE ratio drops and you yeah. have a basic uh, handle of math. So, you know, yeah. you take, uh, you know, because there's factual reasons why these things go. You know, these companies made a lot of money and the P.E. ratios went through the roof. And that's how you get high prices in stocks. But right. if you're hiking interest rates, P.E. ratios generally won't stay up. And if you hike them long enough, the economy slows. And when the economy right. slows, the earnings come down. So you don't have to be from that's Harvard, correct. really. You know what I mean? Well, sometimes it's, no, it's, just, it's just timing. It's just all about time. It's all about yes. time. So in other words, if you have no patience, you know, you won't wait for this thing to occur because, you know, it takes time for the inflation to go crazy. It takes time for the Fed hikes to actually get to where they have to be. And it takes time after those hikes to slow this machine down. Right. And so everything is about patience at the end of the day. But one, hey, one, uh, thing I, one thing I would like to add, because I am so pleased that you brought it up, and that's the zero DTE options, because they are having a big effect on intraday moves, on the on the larger type moves. And so I just don't think people understand them. So I was real glad to hear you talk about it. And yeah, I but the ultimate the ultimate ending to that story will be exactly what happened to Robin Hood. In other words, people are gambling. And what happens when people gamble is they lose their money. And when they lose their money, they go away. So this zero and one day uh, game that's going on, you know, probably has a fairly short uh, shelf life. Because, again, just like everyone going over to Rod Robin Hood and hoping that GameStop goes to 10 million or uh, AMC goes to 10 million, you know, that game had an ending. And then when it well, ends, it everyone's gone. And so did Bed Bath & Beyond, by the way. And that was the yeah. latest one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, So I wouldn't worry about this zero to one uh, thing because it probably well, I'm not worried about it, but I think yeah. it's really important that, that you, oh, it's you discuss it. Yeah, it's you current. discuss it so that people are aware of what is really going on behind yeah. the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs>
Hey, Sonny, throw up some Sonny bands here and let's hit a few markets and see uh, before we close out exactly what things are going. And then Michael um, uh, will encourage the people to call you so you can show them on the Elliott wave and the um, and the Fibonacci numbers what these markets look like from your vantage point. But uh, OK, there's Treasury bonds. OK, so Treasury bonds, because uh, these are some what of the big what time frame. Do you want to see them on? Uh, let's just use the one year. You know, let's say people aren't looking to trade these things aggressively in a in a day basis. Let's say they just want to know what the what the flow of action is. So on a short term base on the on the one years, it looks like it is uh, down near the lower end. And look at this attractor we have right there under hits over here a couple of times hits over here uh -huh. breaks below that. Now it's trying to push it from the underside up. So if if interest rates are up, bond prices are down, right? Right. And I don't see interest rates going down. Well, you can get rallies in the interim, though. And what you're of saying course. here is, is that uh, you'd be on guard for a reversion uh, rally because of the uh, relative oversold nature of it. Yes. And so and, if you did get a buy signal, you could. Histogram. We've got yeah. green down here on the histogram. Yeah. We've got purple on top, which tells me we're going down. Of but course. But we might have a, a little bit of a rally trying to get back up to there before it goes down again. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's your uh, T bonds. Uh, what about the price of gold? Uh, which Michael, everyone who's listening, should talk to Michael because he follows it like a hawk, and uh, it definitely to me is on the edge. Because if we start breaking under eighteen hundred or seventeen seventy five, you know, and we get some kind of uh, continued Fed hikes, you know, uh, gold could have a lot of real estate to go on the downside. But if it doesn't, this is a neighborhood where there is a ton of support. Yeah, and we've got. Let's see, horizontal line. We've got attractors right where we, right exactly where we are right now. Yep, yep. So I don't know. I'm a gold bug too. I'd like to see it go up above two thousand. Yeah. Well, that's, like I say, that's you my know, feeling, not my analysis. Yeah. Well, it's having you know that, that 1975 area was no joke, and obviously you can see your big yellow dot there. So if you wanted to go and bet on 3,000 gold, you might want to wait for it to break 1975. Yeah, that, that's the well, town. Get, that's the town the, it has to go through to get there. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Look at the histogram. Just turned green. Yeah. That's it looks to me. It looks to me like the stuff you're showing. It looks to me like the bonds may have a little bit of a of a reversion rally, and gold may yep. as well. Because yep. you know, if the bonds do have a reversion rally, that will definitely take the foot off the neck of gold. And yeah, so that's why, if you're short term trading, watch uh, watch for uh, watch for that very closely. I would think, don't you think? Yep. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't Great. be surprised. All right, let's throw that crude oil up there because a lot of people are saying that uh, we're going to have a nice big spring summer rally in crude is there any evidence that that even could be starting to happen well look at these sine waves up down up down up down this is a interesting head and shoulders pattern which tells me we could go on down to below below this level i i'm looking for oil in the 70s well, you're in the 70s. The question well, is, are no. you going to get them in the 60s? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking for it to go 270. Oh, right 270. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, uh, my long-term stuff, the big support is between 65 and 70. So yeah. uh, under that, then you've got a whole different uh, thing to talk about because yeah, obviously something's happening. Weekly. Yeah. See, that's where we are on a weekly chart. Yep, yep. And right there is the attractor. So that's at 69.34. Uh-huh. What about that's, monthly? That's where I think we're going. Yeah, that's where I was getting my 64 oh, there. There you go. Right. Yeah. Right. There's the attractor again. Yeah. Yeah. It starts breaking under 70, 68, stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, that 55 and 45, uh, you know, would, would shock everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it seems to me like you get three things. You got the, uh, 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 oil market in the 70 neighborhood. You got the gold market at that 1800 neighborhood. Uh, you've got the, uh, 10 year yield around 4% neighborhood. And those are neighborhoods that could reject, uh, those prices and give you a little bit of a, um, shall we say a, a counter trend rally. Yeah. And, and speaking to that, you see that my dynamic moving average here is flat. It's moving uh-huh. sideways. That usually speaks to a counter trend rally. So one last thing real quick. Right yeah. yeah. One last thing, uh, because uh, you were running out of time, is the uh, U.S. dollar uh, guy was making a pretty good case that uh, buying the, What's uh, the symbol for that? Uh, let's go with the DXY. And he was uh, I think making it's dollar sign DXY on trade. It is dollar sign yeah. DXY. Yeah. So the, he's making a pretty good, uh, compelling case that uh, uh, the dollar index at 106 is, uh, is, uh, is it. And it's going to... Uh, come down off of that and that the euro could go up. If yields were to drop, it would make a lot of sense that the dollar rally could fizzle here. But what are you seeing? Well, on the monthly chart, it looks like it's hitting an attractor and bouncing off of that right now. That's like- what I, well, I, yeah, I had that 100 number ballpark, mm-hmm. 102 as the, as the, yeah. But let's look at the shorter term stuff like one year. Yeah, on a longer term basis, it looks like the dollar may have had its bottom and going to go up again. Yeah, right. we're going to right there, whatever that is. 106. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the neighborhood that he thought uh, it would fail from. How about if you put up the euro and uh, does the euro at 105 look like it could be value? Because where'd that go? It went from 95 to 115. Did it? Or one? What did the euro do? Oh, 110. So it went from 95 to 110, which is 10. If you took six off of that, you'd be at 104. Did it go down to about 104? Yeah. Close. So it's almost it's almost done a fib uh, drop from the from the high to the low, and uh, and this is something that the guy thought was uh, so I yeah it it would go if the yields were to back off for whatever reason and whatever reason could be a CPI number that's soft and in, and a jobs number that's not good or whatever and just get these people that are all short uh, the bond market and short the uh, you know these other markets to to um, to cover. You know, take over. Yeah. Because the, the way the algos work, as soon as they find out there's no volume on one side of the trade, they put nine million oh. orders on that side and they <laughs> right. just and they just press it. it. So, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and where are there no orders right now? Well, there's probably no buy orders on the uh, excuse me. There's probably no uh, if it turns, there'd be no sell orders because everyone's already sold. So that would be able to press that side um, on gold so on a short term basis. Everybody probably has gotten out or shorted it. So obviously, if they got news to make it rise, there'd be no sellers down there. And right. so on a short term basis, they could really press the other side of these markets because, you know, they, because they've come so far, the volume, you know, probably uh, would dry up on the other side with any good news. Right. So that's interesting. All right. Well, we're at the top of the hour almost. So let's get into, uh, again, reminding people uh, who we are and what we can do for them. So let's start with uh, Sonny. And again, just uh, remind people again uh, what you're doing down there and how you can help. Well, I'm a mathematician and a professional trader. I've been trading for 42 years. I love to teach people how to trade and consult with them, mentoring them. I also do easy language programming. And I've written six best-selling books on trading. So I have Sunny Side of the Street every Sunday night, a live trading room on Tuesday mornings, and free podcasts. So give me a call. I'm at 760-908-3070. Thanks. 
Perfect. And again, uh, there's a lot to uh, to learn by going to Sunny and uh, finding out how it might be able to fit into your research as well. Uh, Michael? Hi. Um, again, Michael Filigera. And um, I do two updates every single I do one update, actually, but it's on the S&P and the NASDAQ. Those are the futures basis. And then I do a weekly big picture update, which is using all the cash markets. And those are all put on YouTube. And my channel on YouTube is Traders Helping Traders, but also just check for my name because we did have somebody hack the name. And so oh, they're in there. Um, yeah, well, you know, life goes on. Um, and then also I have uh, LogicalSignals.com. Both of those kind of will direct you over to the YouTube, but they also direct you to some other things that I do. Uh, I do offer coaching. And I do have a trade room. And again, as I suggested before, uh, we are revamping that trade room. It'll be uh, myself and Dan Ascani. For those of you who don't know Dan, he is a very accomplished analyst, uh, Elliott Wave analyst, uh, but he's also a very accomplished uh, trader as well. And so we are once again joining forces and we're producing our analysis together. We're doing podcasts together. Um, he has 500 years of data on gold. So that would be someone that you'd want to get on the show together with you, Jim, mm -hmm. <laughs> and really talk about gold. You would get you would get inside out story on gold and you could yeah. do an hour and that wouldn't be enough time. Um, if people want to get a hold of me, you can by emailing me at Michael at mjf1partners.com. I always answer my emails. And so you can ask questions or you can inquire about any of the services that I do offer. Okay, great. And as far as Option Professor is concerned, uh, we do have a website you can go to, Option Professor, O-P-T-I-O-N, Professor.com. And we have some PDF reports that explain all the different ways of using the options. But the most important thing is we have a one-on-one -on -one online review where we share our knowledge of 40 years of doing this stuff. So there's a likelihood we probably know something that you don't. And also uh, we review stuff that you're doing and we give opinions. We don't give advice, just opinions. So uh, optionprofessor.com, plug your information in and we'll check back with you. All right, thanks a lot, uh, Sonny. Thanks a lot, Michael. And we're gonna you're swing welcome, it right Jim. back. You're welcome, Thank you. Oh, you bet. And uh, I think we obviously covered a lot of stuff and we, I, think we, uh, I think we may have identified a potential uh, uh, turning point on some of these things. We'll have to see how it plays out by the end of the week. But uh, I definitely would watch some of these things we were talking because it does look like, uh, you know, they're at pretty critical areas. So that's uh, that's good stuff. All right. I'm going to send it back over to David. And again, thanks, everybody, for listening. All right. Uh, another great discussion today. So uh, just a quick reminder to everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on uh, YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Uh, also, uh, Timing Research updates are now available on Substack if you uh, have Substack. Um, so, uh, just want to thank my guests again for today, Sonny Harris of moneymentor.com, Michael Filigera of logicalsignals.com and tradershelpingtraders.com and the option professor of optionprofessor.com. Thanks everyone. Thank, thank you. you.